Scripture reading this morning is found in Galatians 1, 11 through 17. I want, I want you, you to, to know, know brothers, brothers, that the, that the gospel, gospel I, I preached is not something that man has made up. I did, I did not, not receive it from any man, man nor was, was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my precious ways of life in Judaism, how I intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth, called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Some of the notes I hit today will be notes you've heard me hit before. But as I think about Christian life and commitment, as I think about uh, what it meant to have a baptism last week and what it means to be baptizing eight today, when I think about that commitment and what we ask and what God asks of people in that commitment, I'm convinced that many of us to easily lose sight of just what is called for. You see, the Galatians had been deceived by another gospel. At least they were listening to one. And Paul is laying out his basis of authority. The gospel I give you is not one that I made up, nor one that I received from men. This is something that isn't negotiable. It's not something that you can play with. It's not something that's manipulatable or changeable. It's something that comes from God. And as I think about our walk and our Christian life and those sorts of things, several things you've heard me hammer on before, but I want to just reiterate them in this time of commitment because they remain of concern. And that is knowing this source of authority. I'm intrigued that Paul, a very fastidious, very religious, very zealous, uh, very over-the-top, if you will, um, not just a Jew, but a ruling Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees, that he would, in this moment of turning, this moment of redirection, this moment when he realizes that Jesus isn't the enemy and the followers of Jesus aren't the enemies, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that he's been going after the wrong guy and the wrong guy's followers. That his life is the one out of line, not the Christian's lives, not the followers of the way. In this moment of redirection, Paul's commitment remains ever firm to his God, but now he has reason to repent. He's been headed the wrong direction. And as he turns his life, he doesn't do so on a dime. We think it's an instantaneous thing, but really, 
this moment of insight, this Damascus Road experience where Paul sees Jesus in vision and is blinded by the light of him and hears these words, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? In this moment of, of insight and redirection and change for Paul, he has first to get over his blindness and there's a process in which very, you know, very reluctant, suspicious people have to take him in for a time. They're afraid he's going to kill them too or report them too. But he goes away. And he doesn't go away for a day or for a week or for a month or a year. He goes away for three years. And in this time, he is learning again about his God. I can't emphasize this point enough because as he turns this around, as he, as he comes back into ministry and mission, as he proclaims a gospel, and now in Galatians it's reminding the people of Galatia about this gospel and what it is and how it's not changeable and how it's from God, not man. While he lays out the authority of it, We forget sometimes the three years and how deeply and intimately he knew it. And how deeply and intimately he had come to know the one who appeared to him on the road that day. And how much time he had spent in study and reflection and in receiving. to shift gears biblically just a little bit. The scripture says Jesus in Mark was not like any other teacher because he spoke with something different. What did he speak with? Oh, you are awesome. I love this church. He spoke with authority. Not just conviction, not just passion, not just power, authority. He spoke with authority. We say we love Jesus and we say we want to be like Jesus and we say we want to walk with Jesus, but our own lives often lack the authority and the conviction and the power of our Master. Oftentimes we're not even clear on the Gospel. But because baptism is like a marriage... And most of us know from painful experience that a marriage is not something to abuse or neglect. We need all of us to recommit ourselves to knowing the story, to knowing the person of the story, to be clear about the gospel and what it is that we have to share with a world around us. And to develop the confidence that what we have isn't just tradition. What we have isn't just a subculture. What we have isn't just words from an ancient text that lots of people would love to debunk. What we have is a gospel spoken with authority.
All right, guys, I'm doing scripture. It's 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 16. You guys can follow along in your Bibles. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things of which you have learned and been assured of, because from what you have learned in childhood. And from childhood you have been known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Are you okay? Need to stretch? I did a 12-hour airplane flight, and they have a little video that comes on that shows Tony doing his stretches in his seat and you know, figuring out a way to keep from going completely numb. We won't be long. I want to continue this idea of telling the story and the way Timothy, Paul's writing here, brings this to light. The thing that I want to hit here, am I on? Yes, is biblical illiteracy. We all know how to read, and we all know how to watch television, and we usually find television a lot more entertaining and a lot easier. And usually the television we watch is not scripture television, right? You're not laughing. Sorry, it's uh, sports, it's drama, it's mystery, it's something. But we've historically, talking of tradition today, been a people of the book, a people who knew the word. And I think many of us still know the word to a great extent. But as this culture shifts and times change and our lives get faster and faster and faster and faster, as we seek to be more and do more and earn more and go more and uh, uh, uh. where is the time to learn the word? Because the word small w leads us to the word big W who was with God and who is God. Right? And as we read this passage in Timothy, the comment is made, and how you have known the scriptures. How important that is. Paul's authority is one piece. His life, exemplary life, as it's listed at the beginning of of what Luke read, is another piece. But as he talks, knowing the scriptures and having a conviction about them. One of the hard things about teaching children is that they move from concrete phases of thinking to abstract phases of thinking and with that we have to shift the way we tell the story or it begins to sound absurd to them. 
And when they moved to abstract ways of thinking, they also began to challenge and question, and we're not sure sometimes what to do with this, particularly if we weren't allowed to do that as children, but we must allow them to do this. Candidates? No, you're not candidates. You've done it. Those baptized today, you will not believe 20 years from now what you believe now. Dr. Guy and I were just discussing this. You won't believe the same because your mind will develop and grow. You will change and grow. Life's experiences will come to you and shape and change. And it's a good thing. Because our understandings continue to grow and continue to develop, as we were talking about. Never ends, does it, Dr. Guy? Not even now. Not even in eternity. But it starts somewhere, and it starts with knowing the word, even if our understanding of it changes. It starts with an understanding of the word who is and was and is to come, a relationship. And that that should grow and change shouldn't be threatened to anybody, but it has to be there. The passion, the purpose that arises from knowing the small word and knowing the big word have to be there. So my challenge to you today is this. Let us be a people again of the word. Not just the small word, although that first, but the big word. That we might know the one who loved us and called us to this day and has called us to serve him now and into eternity with passion and with purpose.